Welcome in, everybody. Hope your Tuesday is going along uh, just fine so far. Mike Steely along with Connor Pasby today. Parker is doing uh, the two to six shift uh, this week, so he's going extra innings is what he's doing uh, this week. So Connor is with me again today. Glad you're with us as well. we got a lot of things to talk about. We have some great guests coming up. Uh, Jesse Crittenden will join us from the Norman Transcript to uh, talk a little uh, Oklahoma baseball, a little OU softball, a little OU football coming up at 1235 today on the Riverwind Casino uh, call-in line, 405-329-9000. And then we'll talk with John Shin, who's covering the Sooners for the Tulsa World, uh, coming up at 135 today. So a lot to get into, including uh, the NBA Finals last night. Uh, if you would have said that Steph Curry would not make a three-point shot, which is unthinkable, I mean, maybe he doesn't have a great three-point shooting night, but to go 0 for 9 and Golden State win that game, Andrew Wiggins was spectacular, 26 points, 13 boards. Clay was good. Uh, the Warriors won the fourth quarter, 29-20, to win the game. They only had a one-point lead uh, going into the fourth quarter as Boston uh, stormed back in the third period. But the Warriors now on the cusp of winning another championship after, uh, obviously, uh, having a couple down years, Clay Thompson being out, it's been a different situation for Golden State. But they can win the NBA title when we have Game 6 in Boston coming up on Thursday night, 8 o'clock on ABC. College World Series, Sooners in Texas A&M coming up Friday. First game out, 1 o'clock on ESPN. Then the uh, nightcap on Friday, Notre Dame and Texas will play. And then on Saturday, we've got Arkansas and Stanford playing the early game at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Old Miss and Auburn will play in uh, the evening game Saturday night, 6 o'clock on ESPN. We'll jump into some Sooner recruiting news as well. And uh, we also have the U.S. Open beginning tomorrow. Man, what a crazy situation we have going on in the world of golf right now. I mean, it looks like professional wrestling with Rory saying today that the uh, live golfers took the easy way out. Brooks Kepka says it's put a black cloud over this U.S. Open at the Country Club in Brookline, Mass., just outside Boston. We don't. Here's what's strange. We don't have Tiger Woods in the field, and normally that would be the big story, right? Nobody's talking about that. Tiger Woods will not play again until uh, hopefully, again, the Open Championship at St. Andrews in July. And maybe the other storyline would be Phil Mickelson tries to win the U.S. Open again because he's won all three of the other majors, obviously, He's been the runner-up in the U.S. Open Championship six times during his career. Instead, it's all about what's going on with the PGA Tour versus Live Golf. So we'll get into that a little bit later on as well. We welcome your uh, texts, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I am the anti-Gordon Gecko. Greed, for lack of a better word, is not good. Greed kills souls. Phil Mickelson, your soul is being executed right now, man. You need to go see an exorcist. Every press conference, you look more and more ridiculous. He's changed. The Liv Tour has changed him maybe a slight bit. I, I don't know if I've ever seen... I mean, you can talk about O.J. Simpson or... I don't know. Who are some other, you know, Ray Carruth when he was, you know, involved in that situation, which was horrible. But I don't know if I've ever seen a more popular athlete, you know, just completely see his image go south. 
like Phil. I mean, it has been, and I'm sure there are still some lefty die, diehards out there, but Phil Mickelson, man, I, I'm telling you, uh, last year when he won the PGA Championship, we all waited and waited and waited and waited for Phil to finally win his first major, broke through, beat Chris DeMarco at Augusta. Everybody was happy. Phil finally, you know, uh, got his major championship. The floodgates are going to open, and he's gone on to win other majors. You know, obviously won a Claret Jug as well, won a PGA championship. Last year when he won, you could argue that was the height of his career. I mean, not as he wasn't playing his best golf. He played great that week to win the PGA, but he came out of absolutely nowhere. Nobody expected Phil Mickelson to compete, and he becomes the oldest major champion. And people are like, man, I don't know if it's going to get any better than that for Phil Mickelson. And right now, it is not looking good. His bank account is looking a lot better. That looks good. I mean, that looks really good, but they have exercised his soul. It's a different look. He's wearing some different types of golf clothing. And what was it? He came out to the tee box with that money song. I don't remember what it was, but all about the money yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it just doesn't look good. I don't know. Uh, it could be good in the respect that it changes some of the policies on the PGA Tour. We've heard Jay Monahan draw a hard line, suspending these guys. Uh, the PGA Tour has not done a very good job of combating this. If you ask me which side I'm on, I'm on the side of the PGA Tour. I'm really on the side of just good golf because I love golf. I'm not very good at it. I love to play. But I love to watch golf. I don't know why I became, you know, such a golf fanatic at an early age, but uh, particularly loved watching the majors. And uh, I don't know. Hopefully some good is going to come out of this. But the guys on the Live Golf Tour don't look very good right now. I will say that. And, look, I love Taylor Gooch. I understand his situation. Like I said, when you have that kind of life-altering money right there in front of you, it's hard to turn down. And that young of his career, he's catching the, yeah, the peak in his career, and he wants that money right away yeah but man it seems like uh we know that in a capitalist society greed is going to play a big role and i still love a capitalist society but man it it can tarnish things and it can ruin things and it can crumble empires if we're not careful we're seeing that maybe a little bit in college football as you guys know and I know, I admit it, I'm a little bit of a slippery slope guy. Maybe that happens when you get older, but we got to talk about this today as well. So the U.S. Open begins on Thursday at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. All right, uh, by the way, what are we thinking? Do the Sooners really have a shot to win in Omaha? I'm talking about the whole thing because I think they do. They're on a roll right now. I think. I think any team's got a shot right now. You've seen top teams go down in the Super Regional, so why not OU? I think it just goes based on the how the first game goes. You'll probably see Jake Bennett on the bump. So if you get a good first game out of Bennett, then you look past that and anything can happen to Omaha. How good has Cade uh, Horton been lately? Cade too. Horton, I another mean, guy. Man, for, he looked awesome. The uh, freshman the, kid from the hometown of Norman. So that was awesome to see his performance in the Super Regional. 
You know, and again, I am uh, just thinking that, you know, I, I don't know that Oklahoma has the best roster. I think they've got a pretty good roster, but, you know, they're playing as well as anybody right now. And Skip Johnson talking about the first matchup with A&M. It's a veteran team. It's an older team. But this Oklahoma team has a belief that they can go win this thing. I, I, I truly believe that. It's amazing what, uh, you know, when you get on a good run and you just continue to make good plays and good swings and good pitches, and they did all of that, particularly in the uh, clincher on Sunday there in Blacksburg. So the Sooners in Texas A&M will get the uh, College World Series started Friday at 1 o'clock on ESPN. How about the OU women's softball team? Ladies and gentlemen, the rich get richer. Hope Troutwine, who was really good in the College World Series, was great all year, really, the transfer from North Texas. Phenomenal to see what she did. Her ERA was the best in the country, you know, pretty much the whole season. And she also got the job done in the uh, Women's College World Series, helping Patty Gasso win that sixth national championship. But they lose her, and they get this kid, Alex Storacco, from Michigan, who is big-time, two-time Big Ten Pitcher of the Year, All-American, has a 22-strikeout game on her resume, and she is coming through the portal. You've seen the pictures, and she is going to be pitching next year for the University of Oklahoma. Speaking of Alex Soraka, the Michigan uh, transfer, she talked about when she knew for the first time she would be a really good Power 5 conference pitcher. Coming from a very, like, not really well-known area, I wasn't a very highly touted recruit um, throughout high school. Um, And so I had a lot of, like, doubt going into Michigan, a Power 5. Oh, like, can't believe she's going there. She'll be a bullpen pitcher, all this stuff. Um, My sophomore year, right before COVID hit, um, we beat Florida 11-2, to which is, like, um, and I threw a complete game. And... It was one of those moments where it's like, wow, like I really do like belong here. I belong in like the power five. I belong beating these really good teams. All right. So she'll be pitching uh, for Patty Gasso next year. There's a chance you've heard. uh, I'm sure if you're following softball, Addison Bernard, the uh, slugger from Wichita State, uh, where it is, maybe coming again to Oklahoma. A lot of people think like that's almost a done deal. And she was the girl who was ahead of Jocelyn Allo for a lot of the year in the uh, home run department in a women's college softball. So Patty Gasso and company, we've talked about what they have coming back to. T.R.A. Jennings, Jordy Ball, Grace Lyons, Nicole May, Jada Coleman, Riley Boone, Kenzie Hansen, Elisa Brito. And then you add, uh, you've definitely got Sirocco on the roster, and you might have, it looks like, soon Bernard. And it looks like Oklahoma is clearly – uh, I, I think even without these additions, they would have been the team to beat. Would have been much more difficult this next year. But again, if all of this falls into place, then Oklahoma is clearly the team to beat again. Adds more firepower. And then Starocco posted a she was twenty two and three with a one point oh five ERA. So that will get the job done. She led the nation with twelve point nine strikeouts per seven innings. Pretty good, pretty, pretty good. And uh, Patty Gasso's got to be feeling really good about that. All right, you can feel great about Lasher Home Comfort Systems. You know Tim Lasher, great Sooner, made all those reliable kicks for you. How many times did Tim Lasher come through in the clutch? Pretty much every time, right? Well, his company will do the same thing for you if you need uh, heating and air repair done at your home. You need to give them a call. They've been in business now in the Oklahoma City area for 15 years. Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405 405- 
405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113, our sponsor here during our first hour here on Steelman and Thune at noon. And once again, Parker is going to be doing 2 to 6 today. I got my man Connor Pasby with me again. All right. Air Comfort Solutions Tax Line. Let's get it going. 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. We'll head there. And uh, we'll hear what uh, Phil had to say because it, watching him trying to answer those questions the other day was pretty uncomfortable. Phil, it was like he was in front of the uh, a Senate committee, you know, like investigating Watergate or something. And Phil is just there being grilled. And he's looking around like, oh, my gosh, trying to deflect and trying to answer as best he can or could. And it didn't look very good for Lefty. All right, we're underway. Let's get to a break right here. Mike Steely along with Connor Pasby. Good to have you along with us here on the Home of Suter Fans, the Ref Radio Network. What's up, everybody? How we doing? Good to have you along on this Tuesday. Parker's going to be on from 2 to 6 today. Tyler's on vacation this week, so he is uh, working with our man, uh, Teddy Lehman, doing a great job. And uh, I've got Connor Pasby with me. The Sooners open up in the College World Series Friday, 1 o'clock against Texas A&M on ESPN. So uh, getting ready for a little... Uh, College World Series action again on Friday. Great job by Skip Johnson and this ball club, you know, to go to Gainesville and win the way they did, then go to Blacksburg. Virginia Tech had been red hot, uh, and particularly for them to shut down their bats like they did. Cade Horton was great on Sunday. Got some great defensive help as well. The Pettis catch was, man, unbelievable. And uh, the Sooners are on a roll heading to Omaha. Game six of the NBA Finals will be Thursday night in Boston. The Celtics must win to stay alive and force a seventh game back in San Francisco after Golden State won by 10 last night. It was the Celtics' first time that they had lost back-to-back games since March 28th. So uh, wow, Boston, that's again, something. did not get it done last night. Golden State uh, outscoring Boston 29-20 in the fourth quarter. Okay. Uh, U.S. Open begins tomorrow or Thursday, I'm sorry, at the uh, Country Club in uh, Brookline, Massachusetts. Some history there. Uh, you may have seen the movie with Shia LaBeouf, the greatest game ever played. That was when amateur Francis Wilmette beats Harry Varden of the Varden Grip. All of you probably use, most of you anyway, the Varden Grip still in golf. Uh, and Ted Ray, two of the better players of the era. It was one of the biggest upsets, biggest upset in golf history, no doubt. You can talk about John Daly at the PGA or uh, Y.E. Yang beating Tiger at the PGA, whatever. But uh, Francis Wilmette, that is still the greatest story in golf to do that. Uh, Curtis Strange won there in 1988, won the first of two back-to-back uh, U.S. Open Championships, Julius Burroughs won in the 60s. It was the side of that Ryder Cup controversy when Justin Leonard made the putt. Ben Crenshaw, of course, was the uh, Ryder Cup captain at the time, and the Euros were upset because a bunch of the spouses ran on the green to celebrate and everything when it wasn't uh, – I mean, it was over, but it wasn't actually over, so that created a controversy. But nothing like what we have going on in the world of golf right now. The Live Golf Tour, uh, again – backed by Saudi money in a deep well that there's no end in sight to that well. And these guys are getting paid. Remember, they allegedly offered Tiger, and I don't doubt it, $1 billion to come play on the Live Golf Tour. Phil took the money. Uh, Dustin Johnson took the money. DeChambeau, Patrick Reed took the money. 
I mean, you've got other major winners from the European Tour, Martin Keimer and Sergio and Charles Swartzel, who won last week. Taylor Gooch, local kid, love Taylor Gooch, took the money too. I can't say, you know, if I was presented that kind of money, they offered me, hey, Steely, here's $200 million to come to a radio show. And you know what? Doesn't matter what the ratings are, you're still going to get paid that amount. You know what I do? I'd I'm, go. Yeah, if I'm young, I mean, you if want I'm, me to lie and say I wouldn't go? Of course I'd go. If I'm young, I'm getting that money while I can. You know, and uh, but Phil Mickelson continuing to get grilled in the press conference situations. Uh, this was yesterday. This this has got to be Christine Brennan. Uh, asking this question. I'm almost positive it is, but th- this was the question and the response from Phil because now the 9-11, some of the 9-11 families are criticizing, in fact, wrote letters to some of the American players about what are you doing here? Do you, don't you know where this money's coming from and what this money means? It's blood money. And here is the Q&A with Phil the other day. You know, you've been criticized by many people, as you referred to. Uh, New York Post, Brian Wacker, uh, reported that the 9-11 families sent you and others a letter uh, alluding, of course, to Osama bin Laden and the 15 of 19 hijackers that the Saudis, uh, of course, sent and um, that they say now you are a partner with them and you appear to be pleased in your business with them. Terry Strada is the person, of course, who wrote this letter and her husband got on the the plane in Boston that flew into uh, into the World Trade Center. Um, and they say the deaths of your fellow Americans. No, I've read all that. Is there okay. a question in there? Yes, there is. Um, how do you explain to them, not to us, but to them, what you've decided to do? I would say to um, the Strata family, I would say to everyone that um, has lost loved ones, lost friends in 9-11, that I have deep deep empathy for them. Um, I, I can't emphasize that enough. I, I um, have the deepest of th- sympathy and empathy for them. There you go. Phil really uh, didn't have an answer. I mean, that's the thoughts and prayers deal, basically. Um, because he, how, how do you answer that? How do you answer it puts, that? It puts you what do you say? Stuff. Well, I just you know what? It was a horrible deal. I, I don't believe in beheadings. I don't believe in killing journalists. I don't believe in human rights violations. But guess what? I'm still going to take the money. It does put you in a tough spot. But, man, he's one, he was one of the faces of the PGA for a long period of time. So every time he has a press conference with this Live Golf Tour, he's going to get some heat. And he's got he's going to get a lot of people that's going to pay attention to his press conference. You know, I, I will say this. I'm – you know, at least he's standing up there and getting grilled. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's a mandatory press conference. But he's, uh, you know, and he looks so despondent, man. I mean, he just – and now he's talking about going to therapy and all of this stuff. And uh, we've heard all the stories about gambling debts. And maybe that's part of the deal why Phil's taking the money. But uh, he just looks like a man who is not proud of what he's done at the same time. Are you seeing that, too? I'm seeing that, too. And, yeah, he doesn't – I don't think he wants to go up to the podium and get, you know, asked about 
these type of questions while he's playing golf in this yeah tour, but, but you know what and uh i know uh, my my buddy uh, eddie radosevich is a huge christine brennan fan but uh <laughs> not but that was actually a you know a fairly straightforward pretty good question to ask to him you know what do you tell these people who said you know they were uh saudi based you know, uh, hijackers, uh, I think it was what, what did, uh, 15 of the 19 that were responsible for the deaths of a lot of Americans. And one of the worst days in the history, well, you may say it, I know, you know, obviously the Murrah Building bombing was uh, very tragic, and uh, we will never, ever, ever forget those lost souls on that day. Still gets me angry thinking about that. And 9-11 was a horror and the money is coming from the people who were responsible for a lot of this. So, again, I, Phil, you know, he just looked like, oh, my gosh, how do I answer this? Oh, but, man, I mean, you got, you got to be prepared to answer those type of questions, yeah. I guess, if you, if you want to be part of this. Well, and on the Live Golf Tour, they, uh, you know, they've kind of cut some of the reporters off. Alan Shipnook, who wrote the book on Phil, they kicked him out of a press conference. So, it's just it's, – this is crazy, man. This is like – Golf, the young and the restless right here as the world turns. Uh, Brandel Chambly never shies away from an opinion, and whether you like him or not, he's been ripping into the Live Golf Tour and the golfers who joined the tour and has been uh, very much in favor of, you know, the PGA. And last night on uh, Live from the U.S. Open, he ripped Phil Mickelson saying that, you know, Phil has a history of thinking of himself and bussing others. Think back to the first time we saw Phil Mickelson, at least on the PGA Tour stage, with the uh, popped collar and the saccharine smile and winning with so much, uh, it seemed like joy for the game of golf. And then you sort of look at him there, sort of dark and sullen. And I'll agree with uh, Todd. Uh, look, he was defensive, he was dismissive, he was evasive. But it turns out when you try to take a flamethrower uh, to the very PGA Tour that provided a great stage for you to amass unimaginable wealth, and then when you talk about the tour that you're defecting to in such a way as you call them scary, and I'm not going to use the words that begin with M and F, and then you talk about their horrendous atrocities merely as leverage but not with horror, and then you come back to a PGA uh, Tour sanctioned event here, you're going to get some difficult questions. Uh, he talked about how he has respect for people with differing opinions, but it wasn't evident at all. Again, he was dismissive. He was deflective. Um, he was defensive. And, and I've seen this side of Phil before. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's referencing when Phil bust Tom Watson after the Europeans beat the Americans in the Ryder right. Cup. And yeah. Phil basically went out there and completely bust Tom Watson, 100%. <laughs> And uh, I wasn't a big fan of the way that Tom Watson captained that team either. But Phil Mickelson, you know, just pulled no punches and basically drove the bus right over Tom Watson in that postgame press conference. All right, let's get a couple uh, texts in before we get Jesse Crittenden in in the next segment. Anyone uh, who joins that tour agrees with what they did to the USA. I knew the NBA players taking money from China text was coming. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I knew thought, I get ready, the NBA money from China. I, You know, again, if you look in a lot of situations, I bet you can find a, a, a lot of dirty money. I mean, there's dirty money at Texas A&M, yeah. too. It's not as dirty, but it's still dirty, in my opinion. Uh, so, at this point, I think Dale Reeves could be Tiger Woods on any given golf course. Well, it's, if it's the Dale Reeves you're talking about, I hear he's really good. So, yes, I've been told that. 
and uh, his sons are very athletic and good at the game. And I would say that, yes, it would be a pretty close match right now based on Tigers. Um, again, uh, not from Norman. Listen religiously to your station because you're different than ESPN and others with this live talk Today, you're no different. All day, over and over, I'm out. Good, 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 good. All right, well, you know what? Have you ever programmed a show? We just talked OU baseball and OU softball in the first segment. So, goodbye. Uh, Golly, people are unbelievable. This is like the biggest story in sports. And there's no OU football happening right now. Guess what we're doing in the next segment, Hillbilly? OU football, a complete segment. All the text coming in for Live Tour. I ain't man. Norman. I listen religiously to your station because you're different than the FN. All this LIB talk, I'm out of here. Go storm the Capitol, fool. All right. Uh, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, the Man of Steel, one of America's favorite regional radio stars. Not really. Here with Connor Pasby. Parker's off today. He will be in again at 2 o'clock going 2 to 6 with our man Teddy Lehman. Thank you. To Tim Lasher and uh, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, their family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area since 2007. Call them up at 405-579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. Guess what? We're going to talk OU sports. Should we deviate to anything else for five minutes? <gasps> oh, my God. It's tragic. Totally Everything tragic. will be okay. Everything Gee, will be Christmas. okay. All right, we'll take a break. Come right back. Jesse Crittenden, guess what? Talking OU. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. How we doing? And we have ladies and gentlemen. What is it going to be like, 95 again today? Yeah, I think. I don't like that, week. man. I, as I get older, man, I get out in the heat, I could just fall over. It's like a, it's like a blow dryer just straight to your face. Just yes, all day. and what is it about, you know, the Oklahoma wind is usually blowing, what, at least 15 miles an hour every time I go out and try and hit the, you know, hack the ball around on the golf course. It's always 25 miles an hour or whatever. And then you get out, and when it becomes 95 or 95 degrees, you look at the weather. The, wind like, ju- the, wind the wind's stuck. like five <laughs> degrees, you know, five miles an hour. That's it. Steely, you might need a pack of gummies. I just get fired up sometimes, you know, because it's just, it's, I do care about my listeners. I just don't like people who, you know, once you deviate from a segment that they don't like for five minutes, you know, they start complaining and about it. So We're it's talking, like the, it's like the know, world is over. Yeah, in it's, five it's, minutes. it's exactly. We try and, you know, we do absolutely at least... Again, we are getting ready for the uh, College World Series, which is huge. Obviously, there's not a lot besides that going on Oklahoma sports-wise. We're still following recruiting. We're still following softball, all of that stuff. But we deviate for one second, and that's what happens. And I, what did I say the other day? I said, the minute we start talking about this, too, we're going to get the NBA China guy will be there. And boom. It's very predictable. Anyway. Uh, so, and no, I'm not a flaming socialist liberal. I'm a moderate. I make up my mind on every issue. I don't follow the crowd on either side. Never have, never will. All right. Uh, Jesse Crittenden joining us from the Norman Transcript, the sports editor. So, Jesse, how we doing? Uh, man, I, is it the post-Mule Shoe era of Sooner Athletics has been pretty good? You've got, you know, the women's gymnastics team winning the national title. You've got... 
Uh, Patty Gasso and company winning a national title. Women's tennis was second. The golf team, I know they were number one, but they still had a great run. And, uh, I mean, it's uh, maybe that's this is a new era, the post-Lincoln Riley era of overall OU athletics. Yeah, when you look top to bottom, not not even just everything you mentioned, but I mean, you know, the men's gymnastics team uh, finished as the runner-up. The you know the wrestling team had a good end of the season. I mean, top to bottom, this is uh, certainly one of the most successful all-around athletic you know years that 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 OU has had in, in quite some time. And and obviously with the the baseball team making the the college world series for the first time in more than a decade i mean it seems like a it seems like a it just it makes sense to end the year for OU in this kind of manner again another program having an unprecedented kind of successful season i mean i really think top top to bottom you couldn't ask for much more if you're a if you're an OU fan of of all the programs when do you think and how do you think this OU baseball team turned it around? Yeah, it's really, I mean, going into the season, nobody really saw this coming, right? I mean, they, they were they finished the, the preseason poll number six and certainly had some inconsistency throughout much of the year. I think what really turned this around for them is, is obviously the offense. Uh, really got going. I mean, they ended the they ended the regular season with one of the better offenses in all in you know in all of college baseball, not just the Big Twelve. But I think the key really actually was was not only just getting it together offensively, but it was defensively, uh, specifically pitching that I think really turned things around for them. And when they found a way to get both things going at the same time, uh, I think it's really what turned them into one of the deadlier teams in college baseball and, and look no further than that last game against Virginia Tech that they won 11 to 2. Not only is the offense going and they're going it, the offense is going the entire time. They scored almost the entire or almost every inning. They finished with 15 hits, but it's the defense with Cade Horton on the mound. They only give up two hits, only give up two runs to that Virginia Tech team and win 11 to 2. So I mean really you look top to bottom at this roster and the way they're playing, there's not really many holes uh, anywhere in this roster. Yeah, they and they're playing with such confidence right now. Like I said, what they did Sunday was really amazing because, I mean, every facet that you need to have working for you uh, to beat a team that's really especially very dangerous offensively like Virginia Tech, obviously you got to pitch well. Uh, you've got to play great defense and you've got to, you know, hit the ball and hit it for power and get extra bases and all of that stuff. And really – Oh, you checked every box in that game. I mean, Kate Horton was great, but the defense behind him was great. They got off to the early lead. It was just a great all-around victory for Oklahoma. All right, uh, women's softball. The Sooners coming off a national title back-to-back, five of the nine last year's, uh, six again for Patty overall. We know this is arguably the biggest dynasty going on in college sports right now, and they just add Alex Storacco. Uh, the Michigan pitcher, who's one of the best in the country, to the roster next year. There are rumors again. Addison Bernard from Wichita State will be coming aboard. I mean, this this uh, this thing is rolling downhill and continues to gather speed. It looks like. Yeah, no kidding. And I think the the Alex Storacco, you know, addition from the portal is a big part of that. And really, I think even if you, you know, even if you didn't have any of these transfer. Uh, portal additions. I mean, I think there was every reason to be confident in this Oklahoma team going into next year. Obviously, you're losing Jocelyn Allo and, and Hope Troutwine, and 
couple of other really key seniors. But I mean, there's I mean, there's still plenty of reasons to be confident in this team next year. You still got Tiari Jennings and Jada Coleman. You still got Jordy Ball on the mound and and all these players. But yeah, if 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 Patty Gasso continues to add real talent um, through the transfer portal, I mean, it's it's almost unfair in the sense that I mean they were already going to be good. And if, and if you're adding reinforcements, I mean, I, again, I don't know how you don't, I don't know how anyone wouldn't expect them to be just as good uh, and just as much in title contention next season. Yeah. It, it's amazing uh, what they've done. And again, uh, Storaco, you think about what they did last year, bringing in Hope Troutwine, right? And uh, she ends up having the best ERA in the country and uh, I know Jordy Ball was tremendous, and uh, but the job that Hope Troutwine did all year was phenomenal. And uh, Alex uh, Storaco will be in that role next year for Oklahoma. All right, talking about football, the Sooners again have six commitments now for 2023. Jackson Arnold, uh, Keon Brown, Caleb uh, Spencer, Josh Bates, Eric McCarty. They just added Cade McIntyre. Uh, you know, and I know people are, are looking at this, and it's uh, the 32nd ranked class nationally they have six commits one five star in arnold who just got his fifth star and five three stars they're like man oh you three stars you've got to what you have to do in this situation is believe in the development that brent venables and his staff are all about you know and look they're going to pick up some more four stars and maybe even a five star here or there obviously we'll see what happens 2024 is shaping up uh potentially to be a, a, a banner class for oklahoma but it's kind of like, you know, with Bob Stoops of those early classes. I remember the first – and Bob Stoops had to come in last minute. People were like, man, who are these guys? And Derek Strait turned out unbelievable. Antoine Savage, Quentin Griffin, all those guys in that class turned out to be real big playmakers. But what I want to know, the difference when you look at Lincoln's system, Muleshoe's system, as compared to what's going on philosophy-wise with Brent and this staff, what is, you, what is something you think that Oklahoma fans need to be thinking about uh, next year, in terms of one things they're one of the things maybe they have to adjust to with this new Brent era that they they're probably not thinking about a lot right now, but how it could be different. Is there anything that stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there are a few things that stand out to me. I mean, I, again, I don't know if this was purposeful on Brent Venable's part, but I mean, he's he's come in and and I think in almost every way kind of done a 180 from you know what the previous administration has done everything not just in terms of of priorities when it comes to recruiting and and uh, the transfer portal but also you know uh, defensive philosophy offensive system I I really I mean obviously there's going to be a spotlight on on Venables in this program especially next year in terms of uh, you know the overall success of this team, but I think the thing that's going to be different is uh, the the attention on is, as far as the offensive success of this team next year. I think I think there's I think there's going to be a lot of assumptions that that this defense uh, under Brent Venables' watch is going to be you know there's going to be a real difference, and that was always the question under Lincoln Riley, right? It, it was never about the offense; it was always going to be about if the defense. Uh, could do its part and keep up with the offense, and I think in some ways there's almost gonna it's almost gonna flip. I think in some ways it, it, there's gonna be an assumption that it's that the defense is gonna be able to hold its weight, and you know is the offense going to be able to hold up? Uh, obviously, Jeff Levy has has a lot of uh, experience as, as an offensive guy, but I think 
there's going to be uh, a, a real you know curiosity in terms of if, if Brent Venables, who has obviously a defensive resume and not as much of an offensive resume, if, if the offense is going to be a key, is going to be able to keep up. So I, I really think that's going to be an interesting thing. Uh, just how they navigate that, especially going into fall camp and the start of next year. It's going to be uh, – football can't get here soon enough, man. And uh, I know, look, the College World Series is going to be super exciting. And, again, I think Oklahoma has a realistic shot to go a long ways and maybe even win this thing with a few breaks here and there if they keep playing like they've been playing. But uh, this this football season is so highly anticipated, just like the spring game, you know, with the record crowds. And I know they, they wanted to pump that up, but to actually get it done was pretty impressive. Hey, Jesse, we always appreciate your takes and your time. Thank you for coming on with us. Appreciate you having me on. Jesse Crittenden joining us from the Norman Transcript on the Riverwind Casino. Call in line 405-329-9000. couple texts and we'll get out of here uh, and then have one more segment this hour. Mike in Springfield is buying oil from Russia before the invasion or Venezuela receiving dirty money. That is a very, very interesting question. Again, it, you know, Phil Mickelson obviously doesn't believe in beheading people or human rights violations or the killing of a journalist over there. But he's still taking the money. So in, uh, it's a very difficult question to answer. It really is. Uh, and I'm, you know, sitting here telling you if they offered me that money to go do radio and, again, they weren't going to worry about the ratings or anything and it was guaranteed money, I would do it. You think he's I, you think he's just playing golf at Saudi Arabia for the money, but then you get all these yeah. other things to look at. Yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting question. Thank you, Mike uh, in Springfield. I appreciate what you're saying. Thank you very much. One one other one I want to get to, Connor, as we go to a break. Uh, Mike, you're becoming just like me, a crotchety, curmudgeonly old man. Welcome. My filter is non-existent, and I don't care. I've earned it. There's some there's some old here. There's some crotchety here. There's definitely some old man here. Yes. All right, 405-651-3439. Michael from OKC, one more as we go to a break. Steely, do you remember when Charles Barkley once said, I'd play for the KKK if they paid me the most? People thought it was funny then, kind of ironic with the current uh, LIV controversy. I do remember that, and yes, uh, it's crazy. Hopefully what this does is reshapes golf. And, you know, we get you get disconnected, hopefully, from that money. But, you know, money makes people do a lot of things. There's no doubt. All right, we'll break right here. Mike Steely with you here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network on a Tuesday. Parker will be in with Teddy again today, 2 to 6. Got Connor Pasby with me here on this Tuesday. Let's come back, talk some more OU football up next. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I went over in the previous segment. My apologies. So this will be a little uh, short segment here. That's on me. Okay, uh, Riverwind Casino, Beats and Bites 2022 is a great outdoor concert series over at Riverwind. All the great local food trucks, Saucy Sicilian, love Saucy Sicilian out there, and a bunch of the other ones that you all know and love are going to be out there. And they've got three great bands on the stage coming up this weekend, Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something. And again, that's going to be a heck of a show. And the individual tickets are only five bucks a piece. That's it. Five dollars a piece. Get your individual tickets online at riverwind.com for five bucks. Kids under 12 get in free. Bring your folding chairs, get outdoors, have a great time, and uh, enjoy the music from Everclear, Sister Hazel, and Deep Blue Something. They have two big shows 
in July. The Randy Rogers Band followed by a fireworks show right after that uh, Randy Rogers Band performance on stage on July 9th. And then July 30th, Scotty McCreary, get that big song out now, Damn Straight, very popular. A lot of people will be out there. Again, that is uh, Scotty McCreary on the stage July 30th. Now, you can also get your tickets at the box office right over there by the Showplace Theater as well. And again, online at Riverwind.com. That's Riverwind.com. They're only $5 a piece. That is another reason why Riverwind is simply the best. So we've got just a couple minutes left in the segment. It's on me. My apologies, guys. Uh, ran a little uh, long in that first se- or second segment. But Deshaun Watson met the media today, really, at the Browns facility there. Got, uh, that, got had to be, that had to be approved by Rusty Harden. There's no way he's doing that because they would have had a heart attack. Right, two well, two more lawsuits, and then I guess Jake Trotter was uh, part of the conference, and they asked about the massages and everything, and they asked Deshaun if that came to his mind about it. He said, "I don't think so." So we got some more Deshaun Watson stuff. He uh, again is it up? Is it twenty seven now? Getting ready to be twenty eight, perhaps. Man, he's got to be absolutely has to be suspended for a year at minimum, right? I mean, maybe the Browns might just come back to Baker Mayfield. But hey, we got more Carolina talk. Yeah, Carolina talk. And like, yeah, last night, Uh, something's got to happen with Baker eventually. Here, I mean, eventually, obviously, but I mean, fairly soon, I would think. Uh, I still think the Giants are a possibility because they're not buying into Daniel Jones long term. So maybe he comes there and gets on that roster. There, there are other possibilities. We still think Seattle maybe, but there has been more Carolina talk heating up regarding Baker Mayfield. There's no doubt about that. Okay, uh, we're going to talk Sooner football coming up in the next segment. We also have John Shin coming up at 1:35, talking more Sooner sports. Obviously, the uh, College World Series and Oklahoma football. John does a great job. All of that right here on hour number two on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, and uh, hour number two is presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. They will do a great job finding your vehicle, car, truck, SUV, and great service after the sale. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. So thanks again to the Seth Wadley uh, Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Okay, uh, Deshaun Watson, yes, met with the uh, reporters there and continues to say he didn't do anything. But the NFL, uh, they've got to suspend this guy. I mean, there's too much uh, – there's more than smoke. This is uh, – these are small – well, they're not small, uh, but there are brush fires breaking out all around there. And uh, I don't know, man. This just uh, – again, you can talk about the grand juries – it's it's an interesting situation, but it's hard for me to imagine that that many women could orchestrate something like this to just get money from the guy. Right. If now, there's that for, much, if there's that many women coming out and saying this, then obviously I think something had to happen. And I think about- the guy's a creep. Uh, like I said, he sounds to me like perpetually horny guy, Deshaun right. Watson, yep. and um. You know, Rusty Harden, there's no way I don't think that he – that had to have been something where either Rusty Harden, his his attorney, said, you know, maybe you should get out and face the media, you know, with all this stuff going on and just continue to, you know, 
Tell them you didn't do anything and, you know, this is an orchestrated attempt to extract money from me or whatever. But I'm just surprised that that happened. I, I can't see him playing for the Browns next year. Can you? I, I mean, cannot. If a few more lawsuits keep coming, they obviously have to do something, whether that's a one-year suspension or maybe more. And then you got to look at, does Baker, like if they come out and say something like that, does Baker show up to camp or does he get – some time with the Browns. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. If you're Baker Mayfield, I think he's been burned so bad that he probably wouldn't do it. I don't know. You know there's an argument to say, man, well, well, if Deshaun Watson doesn't play, then go in there, man, and have a great year and increase your value again. Uh, you talk about uh, letting bygones be bygones. We all you know, do things in anger, say things last hour uh, in anger when we get fired up about something. But – you try and come back, and if he could, you know, if that situation presented itself, I don't know that he would do it, but if he did and he played well, it might be a great situation Some for him. Some of me wants him to not show up, but then there's a part of me that wants him to show up and prove them wrong and show them that, hey, I'm your guy. Yeah, and I don't know, that bridge has been, may have been completely demolished, you know, already, and there's no way to repair it. But it's going to be interesting and intriguing to see how things uh, play out in Cleveland without Deshaun Watson. Because, to me, again, I think he's got to be suspended. All right, uh, Jesse G., <laughs> I appreciate your comments. <laughs> Thank you. Kendall, we were talking about, uh, you know, the Live Golf Tour. I'm like, can we do that for a minute? Um, here, come, if, here come the text. Here you come said, the text. If, if you join them, you stand with them. Well, yeah, Kendall, I can see that sentiment. There are a lot of people who feel as you do. It's it is a interesting choice. I don't think – I think this is a little bit – this is bigger than Muleshoe going to USC because we're talking about real life here and people who lost their lives and stuff like that. And people are angry that um, – you know, people are angry uh, the way that Muleshoe, Lincoln, Riley left, but we're talking about, you know, lives lost if you look at what happened with 9-11 and everything else. So, it's uh, to me, this is cuts a lot deeper um and but i i don't think that mule shoe should um or expected kind of the fallout he got from this i look i'm not naive i mean i'm pretty naive but i'm not naive enough to think that he didn't think that there would be some backlash from this because you just don't leave a job like oklahoma like that and go to it usually it's for the nfl or something else so um, and he he's smart enough to also realize that people were going to say, well, Oklahoma was going to the SEC, and that's why he ran. And I do, I do believe that was part of the reason. Maybe not the biggest reason, but I certainly think it was part of it. But I don't expect – I don't think he expected the blowback that he got this much, and that's why they're trying to change the narrative there. And I guarantee you that statement you heard him – uh, tell you know ESPN Chris Lowe in the story I think it was last Friday where he would say oh, we didn't run from the SEC we ran to USC that sounds like a meeting you know with the PR people there how do we change this narrative because Dan Lanning you know is out at Oregon now and they're probably going to be our major competition the big competition and you know moving forward in the Pac-12 and he's telling everybody that you know Lincoln Riley, they ran for the SEC. That was the word out there. You know, and having what your third or fourth best team in those playoffs—that's what really got me. I don't think you realize how loaded that 2017 
roster was. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's part of it. But I don't think that, again, that these golfers anticipated, again, as much blowback as they've got. Now, again, this may ch- it's going to change the game of golf. There's no doubt about it in some way, shape, or form because the PGA Tour has not reacted very well. That's a very stoic old school organization slow to move kind of like me slow to move uh so that doesn't surprise me but i don't think you know that phil again they thought there would be some feedback that would be negative dj all these guys but i don't think they anticipated this much of it they didn't look back at the history of what everything went on in my opinion yeah no and and i'm saying on a much Kendall, I'm saying I just said it's not the same thing. Just said that. But what I'm saying is on the scale of not anticipating what the blowback's going to be. It's completely. I just said one's real life, one's really not. But that is, again, I don't think these guys anticipated that they thought they would probably be asked a couple questions. But at every press conference, particularly Phil, they're getting uh, absolutely uh, you know, hammered with these questions. Oh, your football question, should we be concerned that Ole Miss led the country in offensive penalties last year, especially illegal linemen downfield? Well, yeah, I guess that would be a concern. Yes, absolutely. But the numbers were still really good. And, again, I think when this whole thing went down, um, you know, everybody thought about Brent Venables, Brent Venables, you know, most of the polls out there, who should be the next OU head coach, it was mainly Brent Venables. But also one of the caveats was, but you need to get a top-flight offensive coordinator, and Jeff Levy's name was the one that was mentioned the most. So, but yes, absolutely, uh, that could be should be a concern. But I think Jeff Levy's offense, very balanced. They'll run the football a lot, maybe take some deeper shots downfield. But I think it was a, a good get for OU. Uh, Steely, how concerned are you that that's all right, Kendall? No problem. I'm just saying, yeah, I, I totally get it that it's a totally different situation. You're good, my man. Okay, so from Ryan on Twitter, Steely, how concerned are you that again, what you just talked about was uh, one five star and a bunch of three stars so far in the OU class? Um, not overly concerned because I I think it's going to be about development. And, again, I think there are going to be a lot of four-stars and some more five-stars coming there's, yeah, there's to these be OU classes. Coming. It's going to happen. I mean, it's still the University of Oklahoma. And one of the things, and, again, it's a new regime, and as much as everybody respects Brent and they thought he was the best D.C. in the country for a while, did a great job with Dabo at Clemson, and Todd Bates has a great reputation. The guys that stayed at OU have a really good reputation, not only as coaches but as uh, recruiters as well uh, they're going to be fine but I also think in terms of developing players I think this staff's going to be really good in that department well and there's nothing wrong by just getting football guys guys who have just been maybe under the radar overlooked like McIntyre who's a three-star but I mean he's built 6'4 205 athletes so there's nothing wrong with just getting football guys who want to come to Norman no and guys who are bought in again and that's what they're trying to get and that is you think about some of Bob Stoops's recruiting classes and yes you got Red Beaumont and Adrian Peterson and Gerald McCoy and a bunch of really good guys but um you know I think that the um situation again is about developing these players too you know what I'm saying I think that is um 
going to be huge with this staff. And I'm thinking about let's let's talk about Heisman Trophy winners. Okay, now I can't speak to Billy Vessels or Steve Owens. I mean, I barely remember when Steve Owens, you know, carried it what 55 times in Bedlam or whatever. Great guy, great player, Heisman Trophy winner, great Sooner, but. You know, I, I didn't follow recruiting. I was too young at that time. I know I'm old now, but I was like six years old when Steve Owens, five years old, actually, when Steve Owens won the Heisman. But, you know, I do remember the, you know, when Billy Sims won in 1978. Billy Sims was the number one running back in America. Yep. Hooks, Texas. Barry Switzer would call him. He worked at a gas station in Hooks, Texas on the weekends, and Barry Switzer would call him. You know, during halftime, he'd go, oh, hey, we're about to hang a half hundred on there. You know how Switzer is, and talk to Billy Sims. Number one, okay, but of the five guys that I really, you know, have kind of covered and been more in tune with, uh, Billy in 1978, again, the number one running back in that class, number one in the country. Jason White, fairly highly recruited, but wouldn't be like the five-star the guy. And I remember it looked like Jay White was going to Miami, White for, right, for a while. And then Bob Stoops came in, got the job, convinced him to come to Oklahoma, became one of the great stories in college football. Tough as nails kid, very talented. Uh, Jason White, I believe, would have been an NFL guy if his knees would have held up and, uh, you know, just had too many physical limitations because of all the surgeries. But a big time. Uh, quarterback, But, again, it wasn't like Jason White was like a five-star. Sam Bradford, again, was, again, a really good, well-rounded athlete, played basketball, baseball, football, even hockey. Uh, but, again, wasn't like a, a five-star guy. Baker Mayfield was about as far away from a five-star yep. guy as you could get, you know. Had to uh, walk on at Texas Tech. Uh, Kyler Murray, again, top run-pass quarterback in his class. So, really, two of the five were the super stud recruits that you look at. The other guys were really good athletes, really good high school players that developed into great players. Well, in the Jason White and Sam Bradford, they might have been – they were highly talented recruits in Oklahoma, but they weren't, like, nationwide top recruits. So there's two guys who stayed in Oklahoma and developed over the years. Same thing with Baker Mayfield, who was under-recruited and – walked on, and the rest is history right there. Yeah, and uh, again, I'm not saying that these weren't good good high school players. Obviously, they, you know, Baker didn't get a lot of offers, obviously, but he was still a good high school player. Jason White was an incredible athlete at, uh, at Tuttle and uh, Sam Bradford at PC North. Again, well-rounded athlete. Sam Bradford's one of those guys that seems to be pretty good at whatever he does. Like, I, think he pl- I think he played every sport. Like he's a scratch golfer, too. That always drives me crazy, man. I'm trying to struggle out there. You know, I'm usually scrambling on every hole to make par. It's usually a bogey, and you hear like Sam Bradford, oh, yeah, he was a hockey player. And by the way, he's also, you know, went out and shot 64 at Oak Tree the other day or whatever. Like, how, how are you this thinking good when you played three other sports in high school? Usually really good golfers just mm. focus on golf in general yeah. while they're in high school. I, some people just have it, man. It's natural. But uh, – and Jason White to me, man, his story, though, you talk about a tough-as-nails kid to come back. And we all thought – I mean – thinking you remember when jason white everybody remembers uh the superman play and roy williams and teddy and everything uh and the great defensive plays in that game but jason white had to come in and also move the offense because they were a little bit stagnant in the uh, ou texas game he came in early and was moving the chains by running the ball and uh you know he could barely scramble around uh after all the knee surgery tough but, kid who just wanted to win didn't matter yeah. what his stats looked like just winning was important to him 
Okay, we've got more texts rolling in. We'll get to the text line, ladies and gentlemen, when we get back, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. A couple other OU uh, recruiting questions coming in. We'll get to that here in a minute as well. We have John Shin on the way at 135 today, and that'll be happening again uh, on the Riverwind Casino call-in line. 405-329-9000. 405-329-9000. Mike Steely along with Connor Pasby. It is a Tuesday here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Okay, we have John Chen on the way at 135 today on the Riverwind Casino. Uh, call in line 405-329-9000. Uh, your texts are always welcome. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Can we, uh, can we deviate for like three minutes? Are we allowed to do that? Even though we've, uh, it's been about eighty percent Sooner Sports today. I think, I think we can. We do can. That. Yeah, because can the do NBA that. Finals game five last night. Uh, like I said, if you would have told me Steph Curry would go zero of nine from three point range, I would say, man, Boston's in great shape. They're probably going to get it done. And I said uh, yesterday that the winner of game five. I mean, the history shows this goes on to win the series. So I think Golden State gets it done. But I still think we. I still think we're going seven. I really do. And I think Golden State's going to win in seven. But Andrew Wiggins was really good last night, 26 points, 13 rebounds. As I said, Steph had 16, but he was 0 of 9 from three-point range. Uh, I thought Clay was pretty good. He was 5 of 11 from three. Uh, first time that Boston has lost back-to-back games since March 28th. Warriors win by 10, lead the series three games to two. Steph Curry and the Warriors now just one win away from an NBA title. Here's what Steph had to say again after the game last night as the Warriors win 104-94. I mean, the fact that we have an opportunity, you know, to win one more game and accomplish the task, is, is it's exciting. We know it's not going to be easy. We know that that building is it's a different environment. You know, we had a great win in game four, had some – Solid moments in game three, but couldn't get it done. So we understand what we need to do. It's just about going out and executing, trying to bottle up your emotions, knowing how hard a closeout game is. You know, we've had opportunities in prior series to, you know, that first time to try to close a series out and, you know, struggled a little bit. But I think our energy and these, especially these last two games has been amazing on both ends of the floor. And that's all you want is an opportunity to, you know, play hopefully the best game of of the year. Doesn't have to be perfect, but play the best game of the year in terms of our intensity, focus, execution, and knowing what one more win means. There you go. And, uh, look, I know that Draymond drives people crazy, and I'm not a huge Draymond guy either. But to me, I, I've always been a fan of Steph Curry and even Clay Thompson, the Splash Brothers. I remember when Mark Jackson was out there and early in their careers, man, said, these guys get the best shooting duo in NBA history. And everybody's like, man, okay, right. All right, seriously. And guess what? He was right. Um, but I think that Golden State, again, uh, a lot of the jealousy, hatred, envy, whatever you want to call it, when the Warriors added KD, a lot of that's gone now. And I think a lot of people are uh, rooting for uh, Golden State. So. Then, uh, so Steph Curry broke a streak of 233 straight games. Yeah, with a three-pointer. I know. Three-pointer made. It's amazing. 
It is amazing. So, again, Game 6 coming up Thursday night in Boston, 8 o'clock on ABC. Okay, uh, back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Wait, first I want to get to one uh, Twitter question. Uh, this comes in from OU Ronnie. Steely, when you covered recruiting earlier in your career, what was the biggest story that you covered? Uh, well, it was easily – there was n- nothing in the same ballpark as the recruiting of Marcus Dupree. I can't imagine what the recruiting of Marcus Dupree would be like today. There was a book written on the courting of Marcus Dupree. It's about 400 pages. And uh, it was crazy, absolutely crazy. And Marcus Dupree, that would be the number one story that I covered. It was so different back then because you didn't have a lot of the, you know, you could get maybe a little game film like the TV stations. Eventually they got some footage of Marcus Dupree, and it looked like Godzilla trampling Tokyo. I mean, (laughs) he's playing in Philadelphia, Mississippi, and here's this 6'3", you know, 225-pound running back running a 4'4", against these, uh, you know, it was a. I think it was a. I don't think Philadelphia was a real high brand of um, football in the state of Mississippi, and they just had no chance against him. I mean, he was either running past him, and man, you should have seen some of the little kids trying to tackle him. It was kind of funny. Was that uh, was that one of the best OU OU athletes you've seen in person or yes in general? Uh, no doubt. I can still remember going to the first scrimmage at Owen Field back in the day. They still had the turf and everything, and. Uh, Dupree's first scrimmage, he scored like three touchdowns. He ran over Dwight Drain at the goal line, who ended up being an NFL defensive back. Really good player. I think he was a senior that year, at least a junior. And Dupree just ran over him like a locomotive. And, you know, everybody went out to talk to Coach Switzer after the scrimmage. Oh, hell, Mark's got a lot to learn. Hell, you know, that, that kind of thing. But he, everybody was like, oh, my gosh. You know you, that. You know did that. we just see that? Yeah, and what would the Marcus Dupree NIL deal be? Uh, astronomical. And, you know, the thing about Marcus, it's like a lot of things in life. When things don't work out for a while, time usually heals all wounds. Even the mule shoe scar, there'll be a scar there for a long time, but that'll eventually heal over a little bit. Uh, but it's going to take some time. And I love that Marcus Dupree is still 100% sooner after the way that went down. You know that's God-given athletic talent to gain I don't know how many pounds he gained, what, 30 or 40 pounds, and come back and still do the same thing. Well, that's, that's saying something. Yeah. He was, uh, he's, he's the greatest physical specimen. And even with AD, I would still put him, I mean, look, they're in the same ballpark, obviously, but would be Marcus Dupree. The second biggest one that I can remember uh, covering, Ronnie, was uh, James Allen when he was at Winniewood. He was also regarded as the number one high school running back in the country. So that would be number two. But nothing, for me, compares to the recruitment and the coverage of Marcus Dupree. And that was without, you know, we still had the old AP wire service and the UPI even wire service back in the day. That was a long time ago, man. But that was crazy. I can still remember, and I was just starting to work here when it was KNOR. I would have been a sophomore at OU, and I can remember being in the Jockey Strap Saloon over on Campus Corner and I can still remember that uh, they had the TVs on behind the bar, and Jerry Park was the old sports director at Channel 5 back in the day, and he was on the TV, and the graphic popped up, you know, Dupree signs with OU, and, like, the whole bar went nuts. It was crazy. One, the, one crazy. of the greatest athletes you probably will Kale, ever see. Yeah. Kale Gundy was big, yes, absolutely. Kale was huge. 
uh, no doubt, and heavily recruited by everybody. Why do you think Bradford only comes around for special events, then it's like he disappears into the mountains somewhere? Uh, I guess, you know, Sam, I guess he's just that kind of guy, you know? Just lay back, don't want to yeah, be around the you know, crowd. So we did, we we saw him at Baker's, uh, the Heisman yeah, statue yeah. reveal, but the, the day after that. I just don't think he's, was, a, he's a real limelight kind of guy, and, you know, it's which is amazing nowadays because it seems like everybody wants the limelight, right? In this age of social media, it's look at me, look at me, look at me. But Sam Bradford just doesn't appear to be that kind of guy. I know that uh, my man, Eddie Radosevich, great friends with him. They went to school together at PC North. But uh, And it's crazy because Eddie is so outgoing and out there and funny and everything. And I'm sure Sam probably in the right setting is the same, the same way, you know. But some people just don't like to be in that situation. I think he just wants to play golf 24-7. Yeah. I think I've heard, I've heard some people say he golfs around, that, around the Edmond area quite a bit. By the way, Jesse G says if Marcus were being recruited today, he would end up at A&M. I think you're probably right. That mainly came down to an OU-Texas battle down the stretch. But uh, the guy who was advising him was a shady character. And guess what? Yes, if A&M you know, had the situation they have right now, uh, then again, I think that Marcus would have been at A&M Aggie. Money, money, I money. I think you're probably right. All right, we got a break right here. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a vehicle, car, truck, or SUV. And again, the great guarantee, oil changes and engines for life on new or used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. All right, we have John Shin talking Sooner Sports when we get back. It is a Tuesday, and uh, we'll get to more of your texts as well. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405 405- Six five one thirty four thirty nine. Parker will be around at two o'clock with Teddy today, doing that shift with Tyler on vacation. We're coming right back here on the ref. All right, man. I haven't heard from uh, Harvey Danger in a while, but I like that song. Good to have you with us on a Tuesday. John Shin joining us does a, a great job covering the Sooners. Always enjoy uh, talking with John. Joining us on the Riverwind Casino. Call in line 405-329-9000. So, John, can the uh, Sooner baseball team go to Omaha and win this thing? Are they on that big of a roll? What do you think? Well, I would say, well, they're definitely on a roll, but I would say there's no clear-cut favorite going into that thing this year. That definitely happened with uh, Tennessee getting knocked out and who had already won the title as most hated team in sports. I don't know if they gave out an SP for that, but they had that baby wrapped up. So I, I, I can't I can't see how there's a clear-cut favorite going in, 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 into it this year. Yeah, so in Oklahoma, man, they're just uh, they're on a roll right now. Like I said, what they did Sunday was so impressive because they did it with every facet of the game. Defense, great pitching, uh, timely hitting, and again, they, they got off to the two-run lead. Uh, it was just uh, a great performance, I thought, by OU in Blacksburg on Sunday. Okay, uh, John, are we headed down, in your opinion, a really, really slippery slope in college football right now? Or are you confident that the powers that be, the conferences, the NCAA, that we can correct this and, and make it all work? Here's the deal. If, if you can get all the Power 5 conferences and Notre Dame to agree to rules, I think everything will be fine. But they are going to have to agree to rules and also pay to enforce those rules. 
because the NCA is never going to do it anymore. I mean, you need to forget about the NCA run is going to run tournaments. That's it. So if they can get, if everybody can agree to rules and then pay the money to hire people to enforce said rules, I think everything will be fine. But until that happens, you're just looking at anarchy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, the NCAA is like uh, the the 98 pound weakling that gets can You know, the old comic book. If you're old enough to remember the old comic book uh, ads for the guy that had his girlfriend stolen because the muscle man guy kicked sand in his face. That's the NCAA, they, but they haven't rebounded and gone to lift weights and come back after the guy. They, they just got the sand kicked in their face, pretty much. Well, and nobody's going to nobody's going to give them a white set either. That's right, so exactly. I, 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 and I mean that that's the whole deal. Is I was explaining to some guys the other day when I first started covering OU, the Big Twelve had enforcement staff. All these conferences did, and then they got rid of theirs. And by the way, they also took away the money the NCA needed to have an enforcement staff. So there's, there, I mean, there's. We can talk about policing and all that, but if you won't give anybody any money to police, you're you're not going to get any sort of policing, and that's kind of where we are with all this stuff. What are you hearing, John? And what do you think is going to happen with OU and the move to the SEC in terms of when it's going to happen? There's a lot of talk out there, you know, that well maybe the exit fees are too much, and the Sooners, you know, they're, they're trying to get that together, or maybe they can't get it together right now, or maybe they just need time to get facilities, even keep upgrading the facilities. What are you hearing on that front in terms of when Oklahoma could get to the Southeastern Conference, or do you think it will play out in the Big Twelve? through the end of this uh, current deal? I had heard, probably starting in the winter, that the year to, if it's going to happen early, it would be 2024 for this reason. By then, the Big 12 would know what its future TV deal looks like. And that 2024 is also the first year that ESPN, ABC, owns all the SEC rights. And if there would be a year that they would be willing to kind of help out this move, that would be it. But Makes those, sense. But that, so if it, I, I mean, I, if it's going to happen, it's only going to happen a year early. Interesting. And, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. John Shin joining us. Does a great job covering the Sooners and uh, always has some good takes. So we love having John on. Okay. Um, this whole Lincoln Riley leaving thing, you know, it's, it's kind of blown over. And then he keeps doing interviews and – I'm of the opinion that the, the last one he did with ESPN when it was him making the comment, we didn't run from the SEC, we ran to USC, that was completely orchestrated and thought up in some you know PR meeting uh, to try and change the narrative. Um, what is your take on what's happening with that now? So should OU fans be moving on? Should I be moving on? Should everybody be moving on? Or is this just going to continue uh, for a while? What do you think? Uh, you never have to forget about it, but I wouldn't keep it in the front of my mind anymore. I mean, the bottom line is he's gone and he's not coming back. And You know, you've got Brent Venables as your head coach. And trust me, if Brent goes out there and wins, if Brent has OU in the college football playoff, either this year or next year, nobody's going to care about Lincoln Riley. Yeah, And that's just kind of the way it is. I mean, he left, he's gone. The other deal is if you're somebody perusing, don't tell me Lincoln Riley's reasons for moving five months after he left, after he's had five months to sit down and think about it. So, you know, we're never going to know for sure what was going through his head in the six weeks leading up to him taking that job. Uh, 
And the other deal is if he has a lot of success at USC, nobody's going to care that he was at Oklahoma. And if he falls flat on his face, I, you know, Oklahoma fans are going to get a good chuckle out of it, but it doesn't matter anymore. So it's, yeah. you move on. It's over with. All right, uh, Patty Gasso and this dynasty, they add Alex Storacco, again, the pitcher from Michigan, uh, through the portal. There's talk that Addison Bernard, the Wichita State slugger, uh, can could be end up winding, uh, you know, playing for Oklahoma next year as well. We'll see what happens there. Uh, is there anything stopping this Godzilla-sized uh, OU softball program from just trampling Tokyo year after year after year? Not with the portal as wide open as it appears to be right now. No, there's absolutely nothing to stop it. When you can go out and sign the best incoming players and then on top of that pick up basically what amounts to the best free agents every year, there is nothing there is nothing that can there's nothing to stop them other than themselves. I mean it, it is you want to talk about being at your highest level at the absolute perfect time to to build and feed a monster, that would be OU softball right now. Yeah, good point. All right, John, I know you're a golfer and a golf guy. What do you make of the whole uh, live golf tour controversy, Phil, the PGA Tour, all the back and forth? What's your biggest takeaway from all this stuff? Well, I tried explaining this to a guy who at one time had a PGA Tour card. He said he was telling me, look, all golfers are independent contractors. And I said, okay. But you realize if I'm an independent contractor working who gets a contract with Coke, they may not want to give me another one if I go to work for Pepsi. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And that's, that's kind of the deal I see is you've definitely got this live golf group, which 54-hole shotgun starts are not, are not 72-hole with a cut PGA Tour events. And, you know, they're basically trying to do this deal. I'm not going to watch any of it. But, uh, and the other deal is the guys, they, you can't basically take the equivalent of, I guess it would be the, well, they're, they're pros, they're not amateurs, but basically they've got like a mid-am field where it's a bunch of guys between about, you know, 40 and 50 who are just trying to globble on, you know, get as much money as they can as they head into their golden, you know, golf years. Uh, I, I just, it's not a very entertaining product, but I don't agree that you're trying to tear down 80-year-old institutions, which is what Greg Norman's wanted to do for 30-plus years. Yeah, you're right. This has been going back a long time with Greg Norman. No question yeah, about it. This goes back to the early 90s when mm-hmm. Greg Norman's convinced every nickel on the PGA Tour ought to be going to his pocket. Yeah. John, good stuff, and uh, I like your takes. We'll, uh, we'll try and talk to you down the road. We really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Hey, just try not to suck, Mike. I'm do. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my absolute <laughs> best. Thank you. Not succeeding all, all right. the time. Thank you, John. John Shin. All he's right. a smart guy and always has some really good takes. And you know he's right about the independent contractor deal. That's a really good way. I'm not, I, I, I guess, didn't even think about you know, that. I'm, I guess I'm. I'm not that smart. I, I mean, I already knew that, but yeah, because you hear that quite a bit, and uh, that's. It's a very good point. Also, did not, I did not know this was going on for a long time. This is something that was oh, yeah. Greg Norman's alley for a long, a long time. time. Yeah, Greg Norman, had, this has been his brainchild for a long time. Uh, real quick, let me get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, 
uh, 918-605. <laughs> yes, I think some is going to happen. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. I just don't want to poke that hornet's nest right now. You know what I'm saying? We already, <laughs> the hornet's we already, nest, we already the hornet's, the nest is buzzing a little bit, so I don't want to go back with a stick again. But I, I hear what you're saying. All right. Yeah, like I said, I, uh, I, I, it's just crazy what's happening now. I mean, who would ever thought – that golf, to an extent, it looks like uh, a little bit of professional wrestling. You've got good guys and villains now, you know. And uh, Greg Norman is like the leader of the villains. But Phil Mickelson turned heel through this deal. Got the deal, turned heel, Phil Mickelson. All right, uh, we'll take a break right here. We've got one more segment coming up, and appreciate you guys today. You want to get in some last-minute texts, go ahead and do that, 405 651 3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We shall return. Mike Steely, Connor Pasby with you here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Okay, locked in coming up at the top of the hour with uh, Parker Teddy Lehman. And uh, Parker's doing that shift this week because Tyler is on vacation. Connor Pasby in with me, Mike Steely. Good to have you with us. Hey, Mike, I loved you starring in the Houston fiasco I saw the other day on YouTube. What's that, Mike? I had a bit part in that. That was the argument between uh, my old colleagues, Jim and Al, over uh, what happened in that uh, Big 12 championship game. I remember uh, we were doing a post-game show on Channel 5, and uh, the argument, and I was in Houston with Al's crew. Uh, the other guys were at the Bricktown Brewery, and Doug Gottlieb was there, too, with, with Jim's crew. I can say their names. That's fine. I like both Sorry, of them. Yeah. So, but anyway, he's referring to, and the argument was over how much uh, Nate Hibble actually did to help OU win the game, and they went back and forth. And there was some controversy, and I can remember Doug Gottlieb saying, leave it to Channel 5 to get the story wrong. And he said said this on Channel 5. Leave it to Channel 5 to get the story wrong. He said that again on Channel 5. Guess who was never back on Channel 5 again? Gottlieb. And it went back and forth. He said that about his own channel. What man? That's I remember uh, somebody there with the funny hat who said, "Uh, we got to get a story straight uh, before we talk to the corner man back in the day. So, yes, the Houston fiasco is available on YouTube. But I was a bit player. I, I, was, I was not one of the lead actors in that deal. Okay, uh, what have you heard about Addison Bernard Steelman? I don't see your name in the portal. I'm just hearing a lot of strong rumors about that. Aren't you hearing that too? Yeah, there's a lot of OU talk, but yeah, uh, but her, na- her name's not in the portal, I, so I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what's going to go uh, on. Maybe they're, maybe they're trying to get her a big NIL deal in Wichita. And she was what? She came second or third in she, homers. She this was season. Lead, leading the country. Was ahead of Jocelyn for a long time, right? But there are really strong rumors out there. Nothing, again, I don't think, yeah, her, her name is, isn't in the portal yet, but there's a lot of indications that it might be happening. So I'm just saying a lot of people think it's going to happen. We shall see. Uh, Riverwind Casino has a great event happening this Saturday night. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y night. That was the Bay City Rollers back in the day. I'm old enough to remember them. Uh, so this weekend... Saturday night, 
Great event at Riverwind, Beats and Bites, second show of the season, Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something. And again, bring your folding chairs out there. They've got food trucks galore. All the best local food trucks are out there. Craft beer from uh, Coop Ale Works, a great, obviously, local brewing company. You've seen the Coop, uh, the Coop Ale House uh, bar inside Riverwind. It's awesome. And uh, you'll have a great time out there. Shay and I went out. We took in the uh, Starship and Night Ranger show. A lot of folks out there having a good time. Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something coming up this Saturday night at Riverwind. Beats and Bites 2022, back for the sixth year running. Again, uh, they've got activities for the kids, retail vendors, all the food trucks I talked about. Then in July, they have two great shows, the Randy Rogers Band, July 9th, with a fireworks display. Uh, afterwards, and uh, then on July 30th, Scotty McCreary will be on the Beats and Bites stage. And again, this is a big-time event, and the individual tickets are only 5 bucks a piece. That's it. Kids under 12 get in free. Get outdoors, hear some great music, enjoy some great food, have a great time. It's a family-friendly environment. The kids will have stuff to do out there as well. And that's all happening at Beats and Bites 2022 with the next show up this Saturday night, Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something. Get online at riverwind.com, get your tickets for 5 bucks a piece, or you can get them at the uh, box office there inside the casino right by the Showplace Theater. Okay, uh, before we get out of here, um, U.S. Open tees off on Thursday. I did see that Phil's going to be playing with Louis Oosthuizen and uh, Shane Lowry, another group that's going to be interesting. Uh, Victor Hovland, former Oklahoma State Cowboy, obviously, playing with JT and Tony Finau. Uh, Rory's coming in playing really well, having won the Canadian Open. He hasn't won uh, a major, obviously, in a while. But, uh, man, uh, back-to-back Canadian Open champion. Ever ever since that last day of the Masters, he's just really turned it on for Rory. Yeah, and again, you know, he led after round one at Southern Hills in the PGA, and he certainly still has the game to win a couple more majors, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he's it's in good, the next it's good seeing him, It's good seeing him back to playing his golf because he mm-hmm. had some rough tournaments over the last few years. So just to see Rory get back to being himself is fun to watch. A guy that I grew up watching in the PGA. I've always liked Rory, too. You know, I like Rory a lot. He's one of the likable guys out there. And, uh, man, he's, he's been throwing some shade at Greg Norman and uh, and the guys on the LIV tour a little bit. But I've always thought Rory was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool dude. Uh, Steelman, tell me about the transfer pitcher from Michigan. Well, uh, Alex Storaco is her name, two-time Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. Uh, has, again, a, a really impressive resume. And, again, also has a 22-strikeout game on her Strikes resume. out a lot of people. So uh, it's a great get for Oklahoma. It is a great get for Oklahoma, no doubt about it. And with Hope Troutwine last year, again, getting her from North Texas was a great get. And uh, it looks like the Sooners will have another really good three-headed pitching rotation next year with Jordy Ball, Nicole May, and with uh, Alex Storaco. So the, uh, two years, two years in a row now, you get an impact transfer to help the pitching. So that's big time for OU. Yeah, it is good. Got a text. When is Storaco signing her modeling deal? <laughs> oh man. Uh, she could be in line for some NIL deal. I'm sure, yeah, she's an attractive young lady, there's no doubt. So it wouldn't surprise me. 
All right, focus on the softball, will you please? Focus on the softball. It's a great get for OU. Okay, thanks again to our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. We have Parker and Teddy Lehman coming up. They'll get you locked in at the top of the hour. Appreciate all the text today. Even the one who dogged me for deviating from Sooner Sports for 10 minutes. We had we had some rough text. From I, the I got a little fired up. That just drives me crazy. I'm sorry. All right, we got to get out of here. Locked in's up next. We'll see you.